Oh, my goodness. Uh, how about them Lions? We'll get to them. Coming up at 618. I don't want you to go anywhere. Uh, that's a big-time win from this team at this point in the season when really they got nothing to play for. But going up against a good Arizona team, well shorthanded. Well shorthanded. And they take it to the cards. We'll talk about it 618. Uh, something happened, though, last night that, that I found to be Look, I have been a a, a huge pessimist as it relates to Jake Paul, the other Paul. Doesn't matter. I don't really care for him. Um, But I think last night, Jake Paul just flatlined Tyron Woodley. Flatlined him. Flatlined him. I mean, stiff as a board, right hook, down he went. Look, I think even for somebody like me, even for somebody who has been as negative on these Paul brothers as anybody, I I think it may be time to start questioning whether or not, A, these guys are good for the sport, and B, are they legit? Look, and that's why, I look, I am no, uh, I, I, I need to reach out to the professionals when it comes to boxing. Uh, my good friend, RJ Clifford, he's the host of Sirius XM's Fight Nation, uh, retired fighter, the whole thing. He knows the game, joins us this evening on Sports Rab. Uh, RJ, is this guy for real? Well, I mean, it depends what, what your definition of for real is. I mean, do I, do I imagine this guy's going to have a... 40 fight boxing career and try to win titles and try to, uh, you know, fight top 10, top five guys in his future. I don't think so, but you can't argue that the beginning of his career looks not that much different than the beginning careers of other like all time boxers. Like you look at the, the first five fights of, you know, Canelo Alvarez, or Floyd Mayweather, mm-hmm. or Johnny Golovkin, like any of these top five guys and their first, their first five fights are against debuters guys with, you know, that are Owen five, mm-hmm. Um, and he, in his fifth fight, he knocked out a, uh, you know, one of the top five best MMA welterweights of all time. So, um, he's, he's the start of his career is as legit as you can expect. I mean, I think, you know, somebody like me looks at, at, at the Paul brothers and thinks they're nonsense, right? Like they're content creators on YouTube. They don't really have much of a, a skill set as it relates to, to athletics, but, but even me somebody who's been a pessimist on these guys for as long as they've been, you know, fighting in a ring. Uh, I I think that, that you got to give it to them a little bit. I mean, they seem to put in the work. They seem to have somewhat of a plan when they walk in the ring. Uh, And, and the execution now I think is something that we have to really consider as being uh, at least worthy of, of the public considering them as real fighters. Is that fair? I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think the results speak for themselves. I mean, take away the, the pomp and circumstance of, of Jake Paul and his brother Logan Paul. And I, I just like six months ago realized that they're two different people, right? I'm in the same boat as you. Um, <laughs> but when you but when you look at like if you take away the fact that it's, you know, on Showtime pay-per-view or Triller or the, you know, millions of YouTube followers, if he was just a nobody starting out his boxing career, we'd be like, okay, this, this might be a guy worth following. Okay, like here's a... I want to call him a prospect. I want to call him a must-watch. Well, okay, he was a guy on the regional scene, 
developing his skills and, and trying to start his career as a boxer. If he, if he was a nobody, that's how we would look at him. But because, mm-hmm. you know, he's in the Mickey Mouse Club and a YouTuber, it's, it's you know, he's over the top and the head tattoos and the whole nine yards. Um, we, we, we look at the nonsense and say that that takes away from the sporting aspect of it. And, and honestly, with, like, with, with the Paul brothers, you know, you, you start questioning, like, are they good or bad for the sport of boxing? Like, I think they're completely divorced from the sport of boxing. They're a boxing-like substitute. They're doing what they do, which happens to be in a boxing ring. But I will credit Jake Paul. I mean, he genuinely seems like a guy who wants to be good at boxing. And by, like you mentioned, just completely flatlining and stiffing up Tyron Woodley on Saturday night. Uh, he's, he's proven that he's reached a, uh, at least a threshold that 99% of human beings can't reach. Like People don't knock out Tyron Woodley like that. He literally has never been <laughs> right. knocked out like that in his entire career. Jake Paul did it. So I guess that was, you know, I, when, when you, when you, when you talk about he and his brother and, and what they mean to the sport of boxing, look, there is no more exciting sport when you've got two bona fide stars, right? Uh, and, and I think we've seen that even in recent years with the Pacquiao Mayweather fights, right? And, and I think that, that when you're in that situation, those can be as electric as any sporting event on the planet. And I was going to ask you if if you think that because of the way that the fight game has expanded, where it's not just boxing anymore, it's UFC, it's mixed martial arts. There's a lot of leagues that have broken off and and, and started because of uh, the success of, for example, the UFC. But it's not the fight game is not confined to a, a, a square ring anymore. Now there's an octagon and there's more, uh, uh, I, I guess, more. Uh, there's more options for eyes to be on. So uh, are the Paul brothers in particular, Jake Paul, I think Jake's better, but is, uh, is, is he, could he be kind of that gap bridging the gap of maybe folks who are fringe boxing fans, maybe folks who, who maybe haven't paid attention to the game for a while. Is he able to, to bring some of those viewers and fans back in the, in the fold? Well, I mean, there's no question that I think um, it's, specifically a very younger audience is watching boxing or at least some form of boxing they probably never did before. Um, and boxing, you know, I love myself some boxing, but it's, it's slowly kind of become like an old man's sport, right? right? Like it's, you know, younger kind of trends towards, you know, MMA and UFC, and he's bringing in a whole new crop of, of an audience that's sticking, that's, that's yeah. paying to watch him box. Now, will they stick around to watch, uh, you know, Tyson Fury or Deontay Wilder? Right. Like that's, that's left to be seen, but I mean, I think it's more, I think it's more a credit to the sport of boxing that Jake Paul, Jake Paul has an audience that he's looking to monetize, right? Like he has a millions of people that subscribe to his YouTube channel. He's like, how can I wring as much money on these people as possible? And he chose to box. And I think that should be a credit to boxing. If he chose to golf or play tennis, mm-hmm. will people be paying pay-per-view prices on a Saturday to watch him golf old right. retired golfers I, I don't think so but because yeah. it's combat sports and because it's boxing and it's enticing and the stakes are so high and you can get knocked out or you can knock somebody out he chose that avenue and that should be a credit to boxing not him you know taking away from boxing hmm, interesting stuff uh always uh great insights rj clifford thanks for the time tonight appreciate you anytime yep you got it uh there he is rj clifford host of sirius xm's Fight Nation, uh, right here on Sports Wrap. More to come. Uh, I want to get into this line stuff next. Look, 
I don't care how you slice it. This team certainly has had their lows this year. This team has certainly looked anemic at times. But for every time where they look down, for every time where they just haven't looked good, uh, that was the opposite today. I mean, what a dub at Ford Field for this Lions team, for this organization, for this staff. It's a big deal. Talk about it next, right here on WJR. Chris Renwick with a take and eat a seven. Uh, let me just tell you this. Some people may want Morgan Freeman to uh, narrate their life, right? You've heard that before. Now, give me Gus Johnson. Give, give me Gus Johnson all day. I love me some Gus Johnson. I do. I think he's the best in the game. Uh, here's the deal. I've been telling you for weeks, for weeks, going back to the preseason, that this season is going to be ugly. Going to be a lot of losses in this season. And I told you, don't worry. This is a rebuild. From the ground, from the foundation all the way to the sky, to the to the top of the skyscraper. This thing is a teardown rebuild. And and I've been telling you the last couple of weeks. I didn't care what the win-loss looked like. I don't care how many losses they have. Now, I would like for them to land the first overall pick, uh, but at, we'll see. I think that we got to keep the mindset here that the foundation is being built, that this organization, Brad Holmes, uh, and then certainly Dan Campbell, they are building a mindset. They are starting to construct the foundation. And that foundation is tough, smart, relentless football players. And and as we get towards the last three games, uh, four games if you include today of this season, with guys in the protocol, with guys like TJ Hawkinson out for the rest of the year because of surgery, with guys like DeAndre Swift not being available to you, this is a time for a lot of these young players, whether they've been on the practice squad, whether they were undrafted free agents, whether they were a fourth-round wide receiver out of USC like Amon Ross St. Brown. This is the time where they step up, they show you what they got. And today, 30-12 to dub over Arizona? A 10-win football team? I mean, something needs to be said about that. That is that is a big-time statement win. And, and let me also add this. I think this whole drama with Anthony Lynn calling plays and then Dan Campbell coming in and saying, look, I'm going to call the plays now. And then everybody has been, you know, relatively concerned that Dan Campbell just isn't a play call, right? I mean, like, that's that's quite a a decision to take that away from your your OC. And there certainly went through some, uh, we'll call them uh, trying times over the last few games as Dan Campbell has figured out how to call a football game. I, I thought today, in totality, with a couple of questionable calls, in totality, Dan Campbell really, I thought for the first time all season, I thought as in a from the first whistle to the last whistle, made a lot of the right decisions. 
even just getting your field goal in a position you were able to to kick a field goal that's much more manageable even able to 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 uh on a fourth and three you're able to make a play and and find that rhythm you got to give Dan Campbell a lot of credit and and I and I think that you know who else deserves a lot of credit is Aaron Glenn just a ton of credit that defense today played uh, they played inspired football really nice job by Aaron Glenn who is who has turned out I think in the offseason when this staff was brought in and Aaron Glenn was announced as the DC he was really the only guy on that staff where you're like all right well let's see what he can do Right, Anthony Lynn coming off a head coaching job in at the Chargers. Uh, you kind of figure what he can bring to the table. We weren't really sure with Aaron Glenn. Just a position coach on that defense in New Orleans last year. I think Aaron Glenn has turned out to be a, a nice little find here. And I'll tell you, I would believe that Aaron Glenn's probably going to be a head coach in this league in the next within the next five years. If this is the is the output with the talent you have on the roster. But they maxed it out. Maxed it out. That's a big that's a that's a really big win. I mean, Jared Goff today, 21 for 26. Three touchdowns, no interceptions. We've seen that script flipped a couple of times this year. Where he's had two picks, three picks. Uh, or you know, two two picks and a fumble, no touchdowns thrown. Like that's a nice development for Jared Goff. Eight 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 point three yards a pop on these throws? Are you kidding me? Where did that come from? I mean, earlier this season it was like four and a half. Lucky to crack you know five point two yards per throw. Well, I think you're starting to see this young group of pass catchers, whether it's Khalif Raymond, whether it's Amon Ross St. Brown, those guys are finding a bit of a rhythm. It's big. Josh Reynolds, another guy that came over from, from L.A., been a contributor when he's been healthy. And then you've got Craig Reynolds. How about Craig Reynolds? Where is this? I mean, look. You want to talk about guys that are playing inspired football, guys that that whether or not they will be here in the future, playing today is a big deal. They can put something on tape. 31 other teams are going to look at it. Craig Reynolds rushing for 127 yards? Okay. Sold. I'll take it. And he was the workhorse today. Only rushed for a little over four yards of carry, but 26 totes, 112 yards? Look. So it's a nice job by this team. And I think that that today, um, we have to just enjoy this because that is a big-time win. Jason, let me ask you a question. Shoot. Um, you got four games, or excuse me, three games left on the schedule. You go at Atlanta next week, at Seattle the following week, and then you're at home versus Green Bay. Mind you, Lions have won two of their last three. They absolutely pummeled Arizona today. 
how many wins do they have left on the books? What do you think? Hmm. <laughs> they got three games left at Atlanta, at Seattle, versus Green Bay at home. Atlanta and Seattle have not been very good this year. Atlanta it, has at least shown, you know, yeah. they've at least shown that they're uh, lucid. Um, Seattle has not been very good. So out of those three games, how many do they win? I say they win one. They're going to win uh, okay. next week. They'll beat Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seattle, very tough place to play. Mm-hmm. So they lose that one. And then uh, Green – oh, God, wait. Now, Green Bay could be resting some people. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that. Yeah, I'm still going to go with just the one. I'll say Atlanta next week. Okay, because I, I tend to agree with you. I mean, I, I, I tend to agree with you. So with all of that being said, uh, Lions – have won their second game on the year two of their last three you know are they finding something here at the end maybe i mean it's not like arizona didn't have anything to play for i mean they were playing for for a chance to to clinch their playoff berth they've lost arizona's lost two spots in the last six days in the uh, in the standings yep Yep. so all i'm saying you know these wins especially for arizona are important you know, they, they lose to the Rams last week, 30 to 23. Divisional game. You know, like this is this is a team that is not resting on their laurels. No, they don't have DeAndre Hopkins. That's a problem. They had a ton of drop passes today. And Kyler Murray looked, well, he looked mortal at least. Because he's been absolutely marvelous this year when he hasn't been banged up. But this was the hottest team in the NFL to start the year. The hottest team. Is a coin flip between them and the Rams. And Kyler Murray today, 23 for 41, 256, touchdown to pick. I mean, that's a that's a that's a big time performance bottling up Kyler Murray, you know, sacked twice. Uh, I don't know. Look, I, I just think I, I I'm I'm really encouraged. Again, do I want them to keep winning football games? I do not. I think at this point. Um, if you keep fighting, you keep trying to to build this mentality. But from a fan perspective, from a from a forward thinking perspective, I want this team to be in the best position come draft time to have the pick of the litter. And whether or not Brad Holmes says, "Look, I'm gonna hands off here. I wanna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna deal the first overall pick." At least you have that option. But I want them to be in the best position to maximize their ability to get better. And from my mind, my money, if you're that top overall, if you're the first overall pick, if you've got that in your pocket, you got a lot of options. So I think you got to give kudos to the Lions today. It's a big time win. Uh, all right, we'll tell you what, we'll take a quick break, come back on the other side. Uh, we'll get you caught up on some of the scores in the NFL. I want to talk Tiger Woods too. I mean, remember, it wasn't even a year ago. That this guy is in a serious car accident. Thankfully, he didn't die. I mean, amputation of his right leg was on the table. A legit option. And now he's back out playing golf with his son at the PNC. I'll tell you where they finished. It's incredible. Sports Wrap rolls on here on WJR. Chris Renwick in. Don't go anywhere. All right, I want to get you caught up on a couple of scores from around the league. Uh, the Bengals lead the Broncos 15-10. to 10. Uh, just under 13 to go in that one. That's at mile high. 
Uh, Falcons trail the 49ers 31 to 13. Uh, nine and a half to go in the fourth quarter. Packers on top of the Ravens uh, just getting ready for fourth quarter action 21 to uh, 17. Jace, I think we nailed that one uh, from our picks yesterday. Yes, we did. Uh, Bills on top of the Panthers 31 to 14. That's another hit for us. I'm glad we didn't touch that Lions game. I'll tell you that. Uh, I would <laughs> no not doubt. have. I, I, I Look, I'll, I'll play the honor system here. I would not uh, have picked the Lions in that match. So uh, good on us. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Cowboys. How about them boys, Jace? Twenty-one to six today. They beat the Giants. Uh, another impressive day by the defense in a yep. lackluster day from the offense, but a win's a win. I'll take it. Uh, I think we also picked the Steelers over the Titans last uh, last night, didn't we? I believe we did. Yeah, mm-hmm. today in Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, and 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 the, I think that when we're looking at at teams that we need to keep an eye on. Uh, in terms of draft order, uh, this game today was important, although they both stink and they both have terrible records. Uh, the Texans and the Jaguars both today started the day with just two wins. Uh, the Texans beat the Jags 30, 30 to 16. What a hot dumpster fire of a football game that is. So the, the Jags and Lions now duke it out for the number one pick. Well, yeah. for now, Houston's <laughs> right. still in the mix. Houston is still in the mix. Uh, and then you got Saints Bucks tonight uh coming up. Uh, you, you know, this 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 whole thing with Tiger Woods. I mean, let's be honest here. This guy has come back from knee surgeries, come back from massive back injuries, um, endured everything he did uh that happened with his off the field persona his life his wife the divorce that whole thing and and tiger woods has always made it back he always kind of found his way back home and i i think in 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 the grand scheme of things this pnc championship tournament is essentially i mean look it's a nothing it's nothing. It's like your 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 country club's invitational, right? Like it doesn't mean anything. You want to win, but it doesn't mean anything in the in the in the grand scheme of golf. But Tiger Woods coming back to play this tournament is incredible, considering everything that he went through with that crash. Everything that that. In, included, you know, saving his life, number one, but then legitimately considering amputation of his right leg because of the injury sustained at that crash following the Genesis not even a year ago. And Tiger Woods came out a couple of weeks ago, about a month ago now, I guess, and said, look, I got to be choosy. I, I, I want to play golf. I still think I can play golf, but I'm not going to be pl- able to play a whole tour, tour schedule. Not going to do it. Can't do it. My body will not allow me to do it. So I have to be choosy. I'm going to play in a couple of events a year. I'm going to see how I feel. If I can play, great. I will. If I, if I can't, then I won't. But being out there this over these last few days and seeing what he can do I think it gives everybody, a, you know, everybody loves a good comeback story. And, and Tiger Woods is is 
once again putting it on full display. Now, we know the importance of family with Tiger. He has said it countless times. Even the way he's been able to practice golf pre-crash changed because he wanted to go to his kids' events, wanted to go to their soccer games or, or tournaments or school functions, whatever it is that he wanted to be there for that. So he wasn't able to go practice golf all day and all night. Changed. Priorities changed. And so it wasn't a surprise to learn that he wanted to play in this tournament with his son, Charlie. And by the way, you know, as somebody who follows music, right? I love music. Crazy Wolfgang Van Halen is a, is a good, uh, is a good musician. Oh, his dad, Eddie wasn't too bad either. Right. Oh, Jason Bonham is a great drummer. Oh, well, John Bonham wasn't, uh, he was pretty good too. You know what I mean? Like, it's just somewhere in your DNA. Like, somewhere, it's just there. And with Charlie, it's, you could, I mean, you can see it. The kid's a gamer. The kid can play. It's absolutely incredible. Really incredible. Um, For 12 years old, this kid is striping the ball. And, I mean, he just drops some, inc- I mean, I don't, look. If this kid decides that he wants to be a golfer, if this kid decides he wants to play this game as a profession, he will do well. <laughs> he, he will do well. This kid has got something. And watching him play is it's a lot of fun because he's got he's got something. Uh it was Team Daly, though, who won the PNC. And if if you don't love John Daly, I don't. I, look, I don't know. John Daly is the man. The man. He just he just doesn't he doesn't follow the normal like golf norms. None of it, man. I mean, he just doesn't care. Doesn't care. These guys, you know, Bryson is drinking four protein shakes a day and lifting and trying to get his ball speed up to, you know, 250. Like that ain't John that ain't John Daly. John Daly is like this, this is the same John Daly who just a couple of days ago when he was at, at Doral orders like $500 worth of Taco Bell because he had been drinking all day and he wanted some T-Bell. Like that John Daly. Uh, so he and his son, Lil John, who, by the way, uh, is uh, committed to play golf at Arkansas. He's a really good player, young player, too. Um, they won the the the, the tournament. Tiger and Charlie came in second. They shot 25 under. This thing came down to the 18th. I mean, they only, the, the, the dailies buried 18 to put them up by two, but they were up by one stroke going into 18. I mean, <laughs> Tiger Woods and his son, Charlie, his 12 year old son, Charlie outplayed Justin Thomas. And his dad, who's a PGA pro, like, can we put that into perspective? Kid's 12, and he's just dropping dimes. It's incredible. Uh, They started the day with three strokes off the lead uh, and then was able to pull it within two. They had a great day. Started off two birdies and an eagle and then rattled off seven, or excuse me, 11 straight birdies. 
Um, Tiger said afterwards we got on a run, which was great. Charlie was hitting the ball unbelievably, made a few putts, got interesting uh, and tight towards the end. It was fun. Uh, he also said, uh, we thought we were going to have to birdie every hole on the back nine to have a chance, and it turned out to be that way. It was a blast. I'm just happy and thankful I'm able to do this, to still have my leg. That was questionable for a while, and it's functioning. I'm just really tired. I'm not used to this. I'm worn out. Um, and, and that's the whole other side of this, is if you watch this tournament at all, you saw that Tiger is stiff. I mean, he had to, he used a cart all week, but he's stiff. He doesn't have as much push off that right foot. He's a little different. Uh, he's not able to swing the club as fast. Doesn't have as much club head speed. Not able to get as much distance out of each club as he normally did, I guess, instead of does. So you're seeing these little variations on his swing that he's still trying to get back. Is his leg ever going to be good enough to be, you know, like a, like to win another major? I don't know. But for a very short amount of time after, you know, as a fan of not only the game, but of Tiger, of having that feeling like, are we ever going to see this guy play again? It was nice in this short window. And as he continues his rehab process, as he continues to try to, to fix this leg and, and get him in a position where he can play, you know, real tournaments uh, for, for a very short amount of time. It was, it was a lot of fun over the last couple of days. All right, we'll take a quick break. Come back on the other side. Uh, we got Sean Belegian coming up. Gridiron wrap coming your way at seven Oh five. Of course, you're not going to want to miss that. Uh, we'll talk football. Oh, I, I did also want to update you on the Red Wing situation. Uh, the NHL has made a ruling on the Red Wings and their next few games. Um, but they've gotten bit by the COVID bug. So I'll let you know where they stand coming up next here on Sports Rep. Chris Renwick on WJR. Don't go anywhere. Uh, so unfortunate news um, as it pertains to your Detroit Red Wings. Uh, the NHL today said that because of the number of positive cases over the last several days, um, the Detroit Red Wings and their games will be postponed through the scheduled completion of the of the holiday break on December 26th. Um, you know, Sh- uh, Sean Belegian, uh, Gridiron Rap coming up 705. Uh, uh, I, I think that we c- kind of talked about this yesterday about how these leagues were going to be. Because, look, COVID cases are up around the country. Uh, and and when you're dealing with, even in the NFL in particular, when you got a lot of big-name players uh, coming down with, with, with positive cases and you got playoffs coming up on the horizon, uh, the NHL has been another hotbed for a lot of these players getting, uh, getting put on COVID protocols because they're, they're coming up positive. Um, how these leagues were going to handle this, and in the NHL's case, they're just shutting teams down over the holiday break. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, the dominoes started to fall a few days ago. There were certain teams that were getting hit pretty hard. I think the Calgary Flames come to mind. It was interesting, Chris. I don't know if you saw it, but on Thursday, two hours before the game, think about yeah. this. They announced no fans in Montreal. Yep, Montreal, and, and Philly. And shortly after that, they, they said no game against the Bruins on Saturday. And 
listen, I, I think Steve Eiserman had a point yesterday. I'm yep. sure you guys talked about it. I, I, I thought he had a very reasonable point. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, these aren't reasonable times and, you know, people are going to turn it into something else, but um, Hey, listen, this is, we thought we were over it. We're not. I mean, not there it is. It. I mean, there not more to add to it, you know? Uh, big time dub today down at Ford Field. How about them Lions? I mean, my goodness, that was, and I've kind of been saying this the last couple of weeks, but but these wins and losses don't mean a whole lot, right? Like this is year is about building this foundation. Hard-nosed, smart, physical football players, that's what they're looking for. And, and I, I don't put a lot of stock into wins and losses this year. Because I've kind of given them that grace period of, okay, well, if you're going to tear this thing down to the studs, then I'm going to allow you the time to build this thing back up. But with all of that said, that was a a really nice win by a team that has continued to be shorthanded because of COVID, that you've got guys still that are banged up and and out for the year in in TJ Hawkinson's case. So they're severely shorthanded. And with guys off off the, uh, the, uh, the practice squad, they made Arizona look like a mediocre NFL team today, which we know they aren't. They really did. And Chris, it was, it was really a complete win. I mean, it it was on both sides of the ball. They haven't had many convincing wins Mm -hmm. uh, for quite some time. And I tweeted something out. It reminded me of when they played hapless Jacksonville uh, last year and one going away. I mean, it's just strange that we you can't think of a lot of games like that, you know, where the Lions really took it to the opponent. But Chris, they took it to the Cardinals today. I mean, they really did. It was it was pretty cool to see that. At Sean P. Bally on Twitter, by the way. Uh, I I gotta I, I gotta say, um, and I think that I, I kind of talked about this earlier. I thought Aaron Glenn has done a really nice job with this defense. I think. Um, he was kind of the real question mark coming in the offseason, being a position coach uh, last year with with the, the Saints. And we just didn't know exactly how he would be as a coordinator. Big thumbs up. He's doing a really nice job. And then over the last few weeks, as Dan Campbell has taken the play calling duties on offense, I think he has shown a lot of really good strides in that department. It's not easy to call plays in the NFL, but I think he's gotten better every week. No, and, and you know what? That's what you're seeing out of this defense. Again, yeah. you know, this was a historically bad defense last yes. year, and they lost some parts on top of that. And, you know, the defense has been playing well for the most part. They have their moments. I mean, there's sure. no doubt about that where, you know, the Minnesota game, uh, that, that, that the first victory of the year was a period of time in the third quarter into the fourth where you were like, oh, no, here we go. But I'm with you. It's it's very It's very enlightening. Yeah, boy, what what can you say about Amon Ra? I mean, the uh, kid is really now. Again, is this a number one receiver? Probably no. not even a number two. No. Would I go to war with a guy like that? Do I want him to be part of the receiving core moving ahead? Absolutely. I, I mean, I I think he's a darn good piece. When the Lions address uh, a couple of wide receivers in this draft, and I'm sure they will. Yeah, and look, I I I'm a simpleton. I don't I don't get a lot of stuff right. I will say, uh, if I'm gonna pump, if I'm gonna uh, uh, you know toot my own horn, I was always very excited about that Amon Ross St. Brown pick. I thought he was physical at USC. Uh, he's a guy who can catch the ball. He's a pretty good route runner. I think he's even gotten better uh, over the course of this season. But he's a physical guy. He's not afraid to mix it up. He'll run block down the field. And where they got him in the draft, I thought it was a steal. 
I'm in agreement with you. I don't think he's a number one receiver, and I, 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 I think he's probably in that second to third receiver range. Yeah. But you got to have those guys on your roster. You got to have guys that are willing to mix it up. You got to have guys that are hard nosed and that'll that'll go with you. And and he certainly is one of those pieces. So I'm I'm very encouraged by uh, the job that Brad Holmes has done, seeing some of these younger players that they drafted or even undrafted free agents that have been, you know, have kind of had a big hand in in a lot of these wins over the last two weeks. Well, and that's the thing, Chris, you and I are on the exact same page. I know what this year is. Let there be no pretenses. W's and L's don't matter. They want to use the draft picks the next couple of years, their picks and the Rams picks. And, you know, let's see what happens a couple of years Mm -hmm. from now. But, um, hey, listen. I'm not going to complain about them winning games. I'm just no. not, especially to beat a team like the Cardinals. No, I'm not going to complain about that. Well, let me just say, let me qualify it with this. Do I think that they should go out and win the rest of these games? I'm not so sure. Give yourself the best opportunity by landing the highest draft pick you can and let the chips fall where they may. In the meantime, we got Gridiron Rap coming up. What's on tap? Yeah, we're going to talk a lot about what's going on in the National Football League, a a lot more about that win today uh, down at Ford Field. Maybe some Christmas memories. Uh, Longtime Mm. fans might remember the Lions have played a couple of Christmas games. I'm Mm -hmm. going to nerd out and tell you about a fantastic fantasy football victory that I had at Christmas dinner, and I was doing the I'm the champion at Christmas dinner. I was. No. Yeah, I was. Did your family Uh, lift you up like Rudy? No, you Over know what? My, my my wife and son were the only ones that knew what I was doing, and everybody <laughs> else looked at me like, what is wrong with this guy? And how but, many people did you have at the table? You know, that day there was about 20 people at the table. Oh, so, my goodness. Yeah, a, a, a Trent Green to Tony Gonzalez <laughs> touchdown pass sent me into a dance. So, Look uh, at you. No, we're, we're going to have some fun tonight. And obviously talk about Ferris. Uh, congratulations. Yes, to how about Tony those Bulldogs? D2 yeah. champs. Awesome. Uh, enjoy. Have a great show. Don't go anywhere. Grid Unwrap coming your way at 7.05 here on WJR. I'm out. We'll talk to you soon.